Welcome to Two Cents of Fashion Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to Two Cents of Fashion. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from. And on today's episode, I have a guest that I, I think we've not seen in like what, almost two years. Yeah. Two, bro, two years, bro. Two years, yeah. Oh, two. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> okay, two, almost two years, yeah. But yes, I have a special guest today and a fave and a lot of people's fave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to let him do the introduction himself. Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Splendor. <laughs> I'm an, an entrepreneur and a fashion creative and mm. businessman. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> put it that, way. that too. So basically, we make clothes. We sell, we make money. That's what we do. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Okay, so um, let's just double back on that. You said you make clothes. Um, how? What do you do? What part of clothing do you specialize in? Well, I make uh, male outfits majorly. I do some female outfits though, but um, corporate female outfits like mm-hmm. suits, shirts, pants. I don't do all those other gowns and stuff. I mean, it's a lot I'm doing already. So majorly, that's what I do. Mm. Yeah. And that's in Nigeria, yes? Yeah, in Nigeria and <laughs> outside Nigeria, Okay, basically. so production... But production is in Nigeria, have but we we'll, we'll have a lot of clients outside Nigeria. Yeah. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to that like okay. later in the discussion. But for now, yes. So I am well aware <laughs> that that particular market is over overpopulated especially in nigeria lagos so farm um, it's insane yeah. that your hq is in lagos yes. so <laughs> how do you distinguish yourself how do you stand out how do you stay top of mind for your target markets well for me the the competition that we experience here is actually the push because if there's no competition you won't be more or less relaxed like uh, no, not many with it, you know, some, you know what I'm saying? So basically, it's actually the push, the, the competition gives me the, the push to um, thrive and look for how to actually thrive too. So basically, what I do is, I understand the competition mm-hmm. and I try to either collaborate, partner with people, and also think of new ways to bring in new stuff into the market because... You understand, okay, this is what is actually going on. This is what is prevalent. This is what people are used to. Mm-hmm. So sometimes to also penetrate the market too, you need to bring in something new. Mm. It's, something, it's not like something they've not seen before, but something they are not used it's to. Quite innovative, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. That really makes sense. I'm just going to ask. Yes, and don't, take, don't be taken back by this question, but why should people choose Plano? Why should they choose me? There's a lot of reasons. You guys should get pen and paper. Because uh, <laughs> we are good in what we it. do. That's what we're here we for. We pay attention to details. And uh, we're very swift when it comes to delivery. I don't think there's anyone I've said, I've told, okay, we're going to deliver in one week and we delivered in one month. We always deliver. You understand? So one of the reasons why people keep coming back to patronize us is the fact that we keep to time. We make very good work with good finishings mm-hmm. and we are also very creative i mean this today you might say okay this is what this is what Strender's brand looks like then the next minute you are seeing a new design so mm-hmm. we always look for creative ways to 
know, stage of the market. That, yeah. that makes sense. And that part about keeping to time. Um, well, that's very gold. important. That very is important. gold in the market <laughs> where tailors have been known to be lies. I'm telling we're, you. <laughs> we are fashion designers. <laughs> yeah. Especially during festive seasons. Oh my God. Jesus. It is, guys. You it have is no idea. The pressure as well. We just have to. We just have to. It's insane. Yeah. It's honestly insane. I think one thing where people are like, oh, your tailor is telling you, oh, your clothes is ready and they're just bringing it out of the bag <laughs> you give them. Oh as a, but I think that it's something that would definitely make you stand out in the market where, you know, people know that you can rely on your word. Yeah. You can rely on the brand and they won't be disappointed. So that absolutely, absolutely makes sense. Um, we discussed how populated the market is and overpopulated market is how quite a number of people, the entry to market is very low. So you see a lot of people just wake up one day and like, oh, you know what? I think today I want to be a fashion designer. They just get a tailor, they get, they understand, and then they just yeah. say, oh, let's wing it. And half the time, guys, like if you look at the numbers, not many people last in the market. Not just in the last, but do they even break even in the market? Do they make profit in the market? So how have you been able to stay profitable as a market? And you've been in existence for how many years? Um, this is my third year. Third year in existence yeah. as a brand. Okay, yeah. so what was the first year in terms of profitability like for your brand? Uh, for the first year, I wasn't actually looking at um, making much profit. Mm-hmm. I was basically about, uh, I was just more about trying to get into the market, trying to make myself known, create mm. visibility for the brand, and reach out to as many persons as possible to create awareness that we are here in the market, mm-hmm. you get. So, first year, it wasn't about profit. It wasn't about what I'm making from the from the brand. Mm. So then, I, I, I even did a lot of outfits for free. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I had to do that. But because, that's quite tricky, Yes, man. I had to do that because I, I mean, like I, like you mentioned earlier, the competition is high. Yes, it so is. So imagine you uh, ordering for one and you're getting two free, you know, or me actually walking up to someone that I feel can rock my outfit well, and I'm saying, take this for free, just mm. wear it, tag us on IG, you know, stuff like that. So I wasn't about making uh, profit the first year, mm-hmm. but gradually, as I started penetrating the market, the strategy changed. Of course, it can't be like that for you. I won't close down for quite a while. So <laughs> send to you back to your village. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, that strategy was just for an appointed time. Mm. And later, we, we switched. So now, I had a problem by the point I wanted to switch. Mm-hmm. How much do I charge? Mm-hmm. You get? So at some point, I started very low. You know, it what just really that? very cheap. You say what? What determined that? What's determined your price points? Okay, like okay. What determined that was yourself? basically, like I said, I'm just in the market. So, what I was actually looking at is how I can sell cheap products mm-hmm. that are good. Mm. I mean, it's not supposed to be like that, but like I said, that was an entry stage for me. Yeah, so you understand. Bring down the price, but, but still, accessibility. Yeah. Yes, and still make it very, you know, very good. Like the quality, the quality. of products I'm giving out. So. That also was a strategy for a while too. Because there was a point, in fact, the point I switched from that, I was forced to, and I would narrate what cost that. A friend invited me to come and style his dad. Yes. His dad just came in from UK, mm-hmm. and he told his dad, that this guy has made an outfit for me, made so many outfits for me, and the, the outfit he has made has been really good. I think you should patronize him. Most of these clothes you go to UK to buy. This guy makes, you seen really that my nice, outfit, he pointed yes. it to one or two outfits for his dad. He made this, and the guy was like, okay, fine. The man invited me over. I came to the house, and when I was done measuring the man, 
Now I said, okay, uh, you know, I'm making a suit here. I said, yes. So, okay, so how much do you charge? I'm not going to say the price here, so. Never. <laughs> Anything confidential. <laughs> and when I told him, he said, you uh, get back to me. He went upstairs, mm -hmm. then called his son to come. He said, I can't patronize your friend. The guy was like, why? Do you hear how much he said he makes suits for? That's too cheap. That means he's getting a, quality, a low quality fabric. My goodness. And no matter what you think he's doing for you, I don't think he will meet my standard. Oh, wow. Do you understand? Did you lose that? I lost that customer. Oh, my goodness. And I went back to my house. My friend called me and said, Guy, you fall my hand. Sure. I told you to come and measure my dad. And you're telling him, the, you gave him the price you, you were giving <laughs> me. How do you expect him to patronize you? And since then, I switched. Like I said, I was forced to start. Yeah, <laughs> take it to up. Start. Yeah. So I had to change my prices at that point but then it wasn't still high because i was still scared what if it's not too high and people won't patronize me then the next thing i'm out of the market do you understand sure. so there was that fear so but over time i realized that when you place value on what you are offering people very true and you're also particular about what you are giving them not just saying oh we are good but you are also making sure that they're not just hearing it they're also seeing it mm. they will always pay for it you understand once you attach value to it and make them see it trust me people will come for it mm. so sometimes it's not about uh bringing something cheap to the market that's good sell but then your target audience would be oh, limited so if you if you think about uh one that was talking about this maslow's uh, law of hierarchy i don't know if you heard about that so yeah, you're just talking about different people in the society you get so if you're a business person and you are your, the kind of the kind of services you give out depends on the uh, uh, determines the, the the kind of um, audience. audience that patronizes you. Sure. You get so for me, I discovered that the way I was positioning myself, I was also what I was doing indirectly was targeting the lower people in the society. Sorry to use that word, but then mm. those are the, the people that want to patronize me. Do you get because they feel he's cheap and he's good. Mm -hmm. So, but then what, what about the people who want to actually spend for what they are wearing mm -hmm. and also get something really good? Mm -hmm. So, my target was not them at that point. So, I had to start restructuring again to actually meet. So, over the time, not only did the value evolve, but so did the target audience. Yeah. Initially, you were seeking visibility, visibility. at some point. Yeah, you had to go for profitability and. Yeah. That was that that totally makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. So we've been able to talk about how you've been able to position yourself for profitability. Let's talk about systems and structures in your business that you've been able to set up to maintain that level of profitability as a business, especially within the early stages of um like the early stages of a business. Okay. Systems so and structures. Systems and structures. Okay, for me, uh, at the beginning stage I wasn't thinking structure. <laughs> I just wanted to try so with the little I could lay hand because I, I I didn't I didn't start a business with much capital, mm -hmm. so even to hire the 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 expertise that I needed for the business at that point, so I could just afford a few things then. So then I was just working within my means. Mm -hmm. You get so when I started, uh, for me it wasn't about structure then. It was basically about just to get something going for a while then build from there do you get so when i started i was just i was just like one person you can imagine one person doing uh suits native everything and then the whole business uh both the 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 
when it comes to advertising, managing the social media parts, doing the whole everything, delivery, that everything was just a lot. me doing I... it. And then it was it was a lot for me then. So but then, like I said, I wasn't having the capital to. And the Sorry, good thing about fashion business is that you can actually start with the little you have. There, there are businesses that you need to set up strong structures before you actually, you understand, thrive. Mm-hmm. But for fashion business, I don't think you need so much. There's that flexibility. There's that flexibility. Exactly. You don't need so much to be able to set up your business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I even tell people, you can actually work without capital. It's one of those businesses you can start without capital. It's very. Yes, I will explain that. Can you? Hey. I will explain that. Okay, Okay, for instance. instance, (laughs) Kindly do, because you can't make that statement and explain. You know, for instance, you. You have you a fashion creative. Maybe you create designs, mm-hmm. or you drafts or whatever. Do the whole uh, uh, designing thing, and then you need someone to bring it to life. You don't actually need to buy machines to do that. Mm-hmm. There are tailors out there looking for work. Mm-hmm. You can actually walk up to a tailor and say, "This is an idea I have. Look at the fabric I wanted to use. Do this, do that. Let's achieve this." And then, with your help and whatever idea you have, mm-hmm. they bring this thing to life. You've been able to create an outfit without having to go through the whole rigorous process of trying to get. I think to an extent you have to. Okay, so maybe not capital in terms of monetary value, but yeah. you have to know what you are doing. Because if you try that one with tailors, they're gonna show you pepper. No, I mean, like you have to know yeah. how. You have to know the market to an extent. To an extent. You have to be able to interpret the design to the tailors. Because half the tailors, yes, they can sew. But then again, when you bring a complicated design and you don't, they're going to show of you. Course, you can start with just a little. Create basic design. Sure. Do you understand? And with time, when you want to advance, you know, you need to hire, you know, the right okay, expert. Yeah. You know, people yeah, yeah. that people are actually very, do you get? That and that's yeah. where you should have probably, the capital thing will come in. True. Of course. True. So, but I'm just saying, it's, Fashion business is one of those businesses you can actually start with little mm-hmm. or little nothing. Or no capital. The, entry, the entry the to entry market is yeah. really low. Yeah. Like in when I say the entry to market, I mean anyone can just up one day say, you know what, I, I think the market looks like it's quite stable. And yes, it is, but you have to put in the work over time. Like you just said, basic yeah. designs now. Basic designs. If you start with basic designs, maybe people, family, friends, and the rest of them would initially, um, what's it called, support you. For me, when I entered the market, I wasn't, I was coming in with basic designs. Mm-hmm. Normal kaftan, do it and do it well. Normal suits, do it and do it well. Good finishings, good fabric. By the time you are able to do that, they will trust you with more. Mm-hmm. So when you start with the basic ones, do it and do it well. Mm-hmm. Trust me, they will always want to come back. And then you yourself, you now want to do more too because you've created that impression that I can do normal stuff. You get. Mm. So to me, that is how to enter the market. Okay. So now let's talk about scaling up, expansion, collaboration within and outside the industry. I know it's a lot. So let's take it one by one. Let's talk about scaling up. Ah. I think you've kind of touched on that, how you started initially with family, friends, and then later on had to look at a different target market to increase profitability. So um, do you want to touch on that a bit or should we move on to the next one? Uh, So basically scaling up over time. Now you've done your first year, third year. I think... Those are like very um, essential points in a business. The first year, the third year, the fifth yeah. year, and then the tenth year, or seven, ten years, it, between seven to tenth year. 
So, so they are like different phases of a business yeah. are very, very important parts of a business or important timelines for a business to determine, okay, what is your business actually about? Are you going to be a profitable one or not? Well, of let's course. talk about scaling up. Okay, about scaling, of course, <laughs> I don't see a business that doesn't want to scale. <laughs> scale up. Of course, so we have that plan of, you know, and the way my business has been, I think we've actually done a lot within a short while. Last year, because quite a number of brands or entrepreneurs have hosted on here, people that have watched for the past like one, two, three years. Yeah. And I think for your brand, last year was quite significant. The way you literally blew yeah. off. I would say it's favor because spam, all the coffee, it is favor. I'm telling you, no favor. There's no right interpretation to that. So for me, it's it was both divine, and of course I had to put in the work. All right. So, but it was first divine before the work part came in. So for me, <laughs> it I wasn't expecting it when it came. So, but when it came, I I didn't relax. I didn't say, oh. so I had to take it with my full chest. You know, it's okay, this is it's time to scale up, and I had to, so it first started with uh, my pastor patronizing me. He doesn't. Uh, it doesn't there's talk about something he's not sure. There's, there's it's about excellence. You know, doing what you're doing and doing it well. So I think I, I, I invited someone to church, and I, the person was like, I, I didn't have anything to wear. I'm like, okay, fine, come and have one of my outfits. The person went to church, and then Apostle saw him and like, who made this? Splendor? Who is Splendor? I mean, then I wasn't popular. Nobody knew me. I was basically new in church then. So he reached out to me, and I made that same outfit for him like two of it and since then he's been glued to my work and he started talking about the brand so this is something i never paid for this is something that you just yeah came. i was i was actually surprised like pastor tagging me on his page pastor openly on the altar talking about my brand you guys should be a nice pack from splendor he makes really good stuff the peak of it was when he talked about my brand during 2021 reboot camp he called me on that stage. Camp meeting yeah. at the end of the I, year. I, I wasn't even expecting that. I was just somewhere at the back with the media people because that's my unit. I wasn't even wearing shoes. The point was saying, come mm -hmm. to the stage. I'm like, ah, where is my shoe? <laughs> <laughs> so I rushed to the stage. He introduced me. And to me, that was an opening point for the business. Let's talk about FMS Louis here. In terms of production, how in terms of percentage, you don't have to give the exact numbers now. Before that point, yeah. and let's say a month after then, because yeah. let's say people didn't exactly. What was what was the difference like in terms of production for your business? Production. Uh, let's say we moved from producing uh, like about seven, eight, nine pieces in a week to about fifty. <laughs> you can imagine oh, wow. in a month how many outfits we make. You get so. I had to get more hands to I was like guys i need help i need to get so i started sourcing for uh i had good tailors and some of them also knew other good people that were even better than them like boss look at this guy but i don't know if you can afford this work i'm like why not bring him on board you know so i started outsourcing uh good tailors and also getting the ones to work the ones to work with me directly do you get so at that point production actually increased so, and there's, there's something that happens with that. If you're not careful, mm. that's the point you will mess up the work. So I needed to do a good quality control. For me, at that point, I knew I needed to be more careful. Because mm -hmm. now, someone will not vouch for your brand. 
and then you go out there and you disappoint the person. This guy, mm, 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 no, so they always, so the times, and one thing that happened was that he kept calling me like, I'm proud of you. I'm getting good feedback about your work. So he started telling his friends about me too. So that was something to be, uh, to reckon with. So at that point, I was just doing my thing, but also very careful to make sure that I'm also representing Mm -hmm. you get. So... Of but course. then again, this was already a standard you had in place. Yeah, so yeah I had that as, in place. Yeah. But like I said, it could it could go out of place it if can. you're not careful. Because moving, I think in terms of percentage, that's almost like a 50% increase in yeah. terms of production. I'm telling you, I'm telling that's, that's you. That's quite a lot within a short period Quite a lot within a short period. And I mean, this thing happened in 2021, December. So you can imagine, it, it gave, gave me an, a, enough visibility, especially within... So, so referrals and influencer marketing just took you from zero to hundred real I'm quick. Telling you, I'm <laughs> telling you, I've worked with um, a lot of uh, influencers, mm. but his own is different. I think that's one thing I want to discuss at this point. I see a lot of people going to influencer marketing, and some people seem to have gotten it right, especially in the social media age, where we have a lot of people calling themselves influencers. If you're going to take on someone, now, this is not even kind of related because yours is quite different. You didn't have to ask or pay for it. But people that go ahead to look for paid influencers, please do your homework before you go and use money to (laughs) to go abroad. So for now, me, I would advise anyone that wants to work with an influencer to first check their track record. See who they've worked for. What kind of traction do they bring? Exactly. Do they even bring? (laughs) Because imagine if you were working with someone that is in tech that does like tech reviews or whatever, and you are your skincare brand. Oh my, your money has burned. <laughs> Let me just tell you at this point, you've carried money exactly. and you've burnt so it. So there are a lot of them out there that they pose as influencers because probably they've managed to get maybe real it's followers. It's a booming market right them. now. It's the fact that you even have uh, a lot of following on IG doesn't mean you're an influencer to me. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. Because I've so what's your own definition of an influencer? Uh, someone that is able to command uh, respect in the society. Mm. Someone that is able to... In their own field. Yeah, in their own field. Someone that is able to influence... Uh, uh, people's decisions. People's decisions. Do you understand? So there are a lot of celebrities that people follow for just... They don't follow them because... <laughs> they want it, it to can, get It can make them do anything. Please I've worked don't. with a few of them and I'm like, bro, you've tagged me twice. Nothing they happen for my page. Nobody's <laughs> not... No DM, nothing like. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's never oh happening. Again. And when they reach out to me, like, ah, bro, how far? I think I need more stuff. Like, I'll get back to you. <laughs> so that's yeah. the end of it. Because I, at, at the end of the day, I'm a business person. Sure I don't want to put so much with you, and then I don't get to see the result. Do you understand? Mm, so inv- it should be an investment. Yeah, so uh, in this year, I would be, I'll be open to partnerships and collaborations with brands, mm-hmm. and also with people. I'm already working on a few. Outside Nigeria, though. Oof, yeah. I love it. So I am. You'll be seeing more about where's in the US and in Canada. Yeah. So we are actually working on a few things, and God willing, in this year, you'll see that. And also, I also want to showcase my work on a global stage, too. You get. So mm, this year, the runways and the runways, and yeah, fashion shows. Great. I'll be doing that See, guys, this year. So, aim high, aim yeah, high. I'll be doing that because I need there is a target market I'm trying to get now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to penetrate, and if I have to do that, I need to actually 
have that leverage. Yeah, that leverage right exactly. There and there, there and there. Guys, aim high. Uh, you know, I'm, if you've been listening, you know I'm all for international collaboration. Like, there's that money out there. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Every single time. I'm telling you. Go for it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, if in, in terms of visibility and improvement, yeah. how, how has that been for you as a brand? Well, for me, it's... Visibility, yeah, we definitely discussed that. Like, yeah. did that really blow up within yeah. a very short time span and you're able to, like, leverage and handle that well to really profit your business. But in terms of improvement... Yeah, of course. I mean, there's always more. I always say that there's always more. I know within the last one year, we've actually created a, a lot of visibility. People know the brand. But I feel that's still not enough. <laughs> There's still so much work to do. There's still so much people to reach out to mm-hmm. within and outside Nigeria. Do you get? Mm-hmm. So we've not gotten there yet. So there's a lot of work. There's a lot of plans going on for visibility to engage uh, a lot of influencers to, I mean, real inf- influencers. You like I've seen Shigi the last one year. <laughs> I've seen a lot. So there are people I've actually mapped out to work with last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Some some of them are music uh, um, artists, artists, yeah, and some of them too are Big Brother stars. Mm. Yeah, I've worked with a few of them too, but next year, you might be seeing a lot of my work in the house. For me, I, I think with the music artist that you mentioned, is actually that's one like, not so tapped market that I think people should really, I mean... You know the value you bring to the table. You know the kind of work that you put in. Please have structures to support that kind of demand. Yeah, Just let me give that warning Especially now, now that Afrobeat is really, doing, really well. doing well. So there are a lot of... I don't want to mention, but I'm working on one. There's a lot of... That, uh, that's a really, really good market to tap into because they have some form, of ta- um, some form of fan base that you they can have really leverage on. They have strong fan base. They have really loyal, strong fan base that, you know... I mean, I've seen people that see an artist wear something and they're like, oh, I like that. Then I you like can see them going through the, um, is it comment section now? Not necessarily, yeah. but that um, short written caption there and then yeah. they're like, oh, who made it? Who made it? And I'm like, ah, this obsession so is real. So I'm telling you, those guys, brand, they have real followers. They have a strong fan base. Make so. use of it as a brand. <laughs> That's the market to actually explore. Hmm. But don't go and put rubbish there, Sha. No, 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 no. <laughs> they will drag you. <laughs> ah, no, no, no. That's, that's why we're going to that. But, um, okay. This, for me, yeah, particularly, I'm really, really passionate about this topic. And I feel like it's not talked about well enough, especially in the Nigerian markets. Now, sustainability. In terms yeah. of creating awareness for sustainability. The fashion industry, worldwide, is like, what, the second, third industry that contributes the most yeah. to the waste and so in terms of sustainability how does that like what does that mean to your brand do you create awareness for it or do you have plans of creating awareness for it how do you reduce carbon waste in every form? i mean i know it's not exactly like it's not a major topic just yet but it's definitely things we need to start having conversations around because i mean it's very important for sustainability, like I said, we've not done so much on that. Mm -hmm. But the plan is, each time we are done with our work, I notice that we get to waste a lot when it comes to... So, uh, I was working on something years Mm -hmm. back, but not with fabrics, though. So, recently I started working, thinking of how to also change that plan to fabrics. So, Mm -hmm. that is how to recycle things to Mm -hmm. other things to, like, recycle. Then I was working on tires. 
how to recycle tires to so make like, other yeah. things. Yeah, that's basically upcycling, right? Yeah. Like taking, like repurposing yeah, exactly. a particular... So I'm trying instant. to do that with fabric. And uh, I've, I've not really been able to get the right contact I need for it. Because mm. there's a lot that we get to waste. And I feel these things can actually be... Repurposed. Yeah, repurposed for other things too. So Definitely. that is something I c we've not really worked on and I feel we should do. Yeah. And every fashion brand should be looking at that. If you're going to be going to the na international market, yeah. you have to have a plan for sustainability for that, really? because it is a big deal. It is an actual big deal. Like throughout my uni, <laughs> did I not hear anything? Which day did I not hear? So like if you were picking a brand to work on, it had to be a brand that had plans or not just plans, that was actually acting on being a sustainable brand. Like, Yes, we know no brand can be entirely 100% yeah. sustainable just yet. Yeah. You understand, but there were people that were making little changes. If it was swapping out linen bags for paper bags, if it was taking um, leftover fabrics from like major production rips. There were times we did a few things mm -hmm. as regards that, <coughs> and that was during COVID. Yeah. That we, we most of our pieces we we started using them to make facial face masks. Yeah, that and that was definitely. Yeah, and that that was. I mean, then it's it was profitable. It was. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't throw this thing away. What are you saying? We can use this, and we're making a lot of that, and we made money from it. It's we've not been able to come up with anything because I mean we are limited, because I mean. Well, Nigeria, Nigeria does not create rooms for such things. Exactly. Mm. So, uh, so it's not entirely not create rooms. It's more of it's not people are not aware of it. Yeah, people are not. There aware. are very few people talking few. about it. There so are very few people talking like we, about we, it. We've really. not really been able to come up with something because we are also limited. Mm. Yeah. All right. Finally, as we round off, let's, let's, this is the part where I did not. It was not planned, and I'm sure you don't know it was coming up, but. Finally, 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 give us a little tea about the industry. A, 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 a table you want to break, <laughs> a misconception you want to debunk, like one assumption or wrong misconception people have about, a misconception people have about the fashion industry that you would like to set the matter here and here. First, nah, 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 nah. First, first. <laughs> I, need to, I need to say this. Okay, this one may not be a popular opinion, but I've seen people who actually felt, oh, maybe they will ask you, what do you do? And you say, I'm a fashion designer. <laughs> Automatically, they're looking at you like, okay, what apart from fashion, do? what else do you do? Bro, I'm a fashion designer. That's what I do. <laughs> so they always feel, uh, these people don't have money. Or there's no, I, I don't know. There's a way they look at us. Like, you guys are, you yeah, guys yeah, are yeah, Or you guys are not, there's no, there's no money in this field. You know that kind of thing. So that, for that me, so wrong. it's, so wrong that is so wrong so wrong i've seen people who went from zero to hundred like okay financially financially do you understand so it's it's a billion dollar industry if you don't know i'm industry. telling you right now the fashion industry worldwide industry. is a billion dollar like more than a billion it's actually in the billions actually dollar industry so there's the money is there so for those of you thinking there's no money in this industry sorry oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out on something. There's a whole lot you can make out of this. So that 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 is so true. But thank you so much for clearing our misconception. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on your podcast. Also, looking forward to like the the plans you have in the pipes and the collection for next. But this year, no, actually, not even this next year. year. It's going to be this year. <laughs> Any um, last words of me. wisdom? I appreciate. It. Say what? Any last words of wisdom? Um, opportunities doesn't like come to. Drop? to 
opportunity doesn't come to those that wait. It is captured by those that dare to attack. There's so uh-huh. much you can do. <laughs> There's so much you can do for yourself if you actually step out. Mm. So sometimes stop waiting for opportunities. Go and take opportunities. Mm. You've heard it, guys. Go yeah. out there. Grab the opportunities for the brave man. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode of Two Cents of Fashion. I hope you enjoyed it. And I really, really would like to catch you up on the next, on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye.